Welcome to the podcast series, Withers Talks Art. I'm Diana Warbicki, the global head of the Withers Art Law Group, and I'm delighted to be hosting this podcast series. In these podcasts, I have the pleasure of asking art-related questions to my Withers colleagues from around the globe. With me today is Dean Nisiper, head of U.S. litigation based in our New York office. Today, we will be discussing art-related New York legislation initiatives. Before we begin our conversation, I'd like to remind you that anything discussed in this podcast is for informational purposes only, and we're not providing any legal advice. Dean, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thanks for inviting me in. You've had quite a long history of helping out with New York legislation as it relates to the art world. And today, wanted to focus on some of those initiatives that you worked on. There are two we're going to discuss today. Which one should we start with? Uh, Why don't we start with the artist consignment legislation? That came first and maybe the best one to address first. Okay, great. Please tell us about the artist consignment legislation. This is legislation that we dealt with probably eight or ten years ago initially. It's legislation that addressed artist-dealer consignments. In other words, when an artist consigns their own works of art that they've created to a dealer to be sold. Who were you trying to protect with the creation of this legislation? What problem was it attempting to solve for? This was to address artists primarily because artists often are the party with the least amount of leverage in any negotiation with a dealer. Dealers are often more successful. Artists often do not have a lot of funds to be able to protect themselves. Once you identified the problem of artists not having the funds to protect themselves, what were the steps that you took to solve for that problem? Difficulty arose because in artist consignments, where the artists don't have a lot of leverage to negotiate, what happened over time and what's happened in many artist-dealer relationships is the dealers sell works of art and fail to pay artists. Usually in a consignment relationship with an artist, The artist usually gets 50% of the sale proceeds. The dealer gets 50% of the sale proceeds. Sometimes, because the artist doesn't have leverage, there are times when dealers use that money to pay themselves, to run their own operations, and fail to pay the artist. And this was to protect the artist in those particular circumstances. What was drafted into the legislation, and what was the process you had to go through to get it passed? First, we got together with the Art Law Committee, part of the City Bar, We enacted, drafted legislation to deal with this issue. What happened was there is existing legislation, and there's been existing legislation since the 1960s that deals with artist-dealer consignment relationships. The legislation creates a situation where if art is consigned, that art is deemed trust property in the hands of the dealer for the benefit of the artist. If the art is sold, the money is deemed trust funds again, in the hands of the dealer for the benefit of the artist. It was great legislation. The problem is it had no teeth. What we found was it rose particularly with the Salander O'Reilly Gallery situation, which started in 2007, as I recall. That gallery was failing to pay its artists. Not unusual. It's happened with other galleries as well, but that became massive. That was a huge fraud against many people in the art world. Larry Salander ended up going to jail for it. But out of that, this issue came to the forefront and it was clear that artists needed to be protected. It happened, they had this legislation in place, but there was no teeth. There was nothing to prevent the gallery from going ahead and keeping the money themselves rather than paying the artists. So this legislation was to specifically address that issue. What did this legislation do to give this more teeth? 
several things. One of the most important things, as we said, artists don't have a lot of funds. They're not as wealthy as dealers. They don't have the money to protect themselves. And if they bring a lawsuit, they have to hire a lawyer. They have to get somebody who they have to pay in order to protect their rights. Which can be very expensive. Can be very expensive. So what the legislation did primarily was to give artists the opportunity to recover their attorney's fees if they prevailed in the lawsuit. There were other aspects of the legislation as well, and one significant piece of it was the cross-reference it had to the Estate Powers and Trust Law, which is another law under New York State, a different statute, that addressed fiduciary obligations. And under that law, a fiduciary is obligated to segregate the funds of its people for whom it acts as a fiduciary. If they fail to do so, it actually can create a misdemeanor liability for them. So this legislation that we passed included a provision that cross-referenced that existing fiduciary law so that the people understood that a violation of the gallery in failing to pay artists, in fact, would be a violation of that estate powers and trust fiduciary law as well. Well, it sounds like this was a real success for artist advocacy. Absolutely. It was a huge victory for artists and, quite frankly, not a bad outcome for dealers as well. We, of course, represent many dealers, and most dealers are wonderful players in the art market, but this just affects those dealers who do not properly treat their artists and pay them correctly. So the legislation, although it did not quite pass the first year, there were a couple questions the legislature had. We cleaned those up quickly, and then in the second year, it did go ahead and pass, and Governor Cuomo signed it into law. I believe that was in 2010. Fast forward to today in 2019, I know that for the last few years you've been working on other proposed legislation, and now this time around, who is the group you're advocating for now? Here we're advocating for art authenticators. These are the people who come out and say this work of art is in fact an authentic work of art by Andy Warhol, or it's not an authentic work of art by Andy Warhol. What was the problem that you were solving for with this legislation? So very similar. Here again, authenticators tend to be people who are academics. They tend to be artist-endowed foundations, people who, again, don't have a lot of money, but they do get sued. And what's happened over the last 10, 15 years is more and more artist-endowed foundations and authenticators have been sued by people who are concerned when they get a negative authentication opinion. They sue the authenticator. Authenticators almost always win these cases. But, once again, the legal fees are enormous. For example, there was a case against the Andy Warhol Foundation. It ended up costing them $6 million to defend that case. Afterward, they said, we're not doing this anymore. We can't be in the authentication business. As a result, many artist-endowed foundations ceased authenticating. The Pollock Krasner Foundation, the Andy Warhol Authentication Board, the Roy Lichtenstein Foundation, the John Michel Basquiat Foundation. Many of these stopped authenticating, so they needed some protection that would give them incentive to get back into the business of authenticating. And the primary way was, again, to give them attorney's fees if they prevailed in those lawsuits. It's a big problem. I completely agree with you that the ripple effect that this could have as these foundations now stop authenticating works, and what does that mean for the collectors, and what does that mean for the value of the works when they then go to subsequently try to sell it, and there's nobody around to verify the authentication, something we're focused on. As I said earlier, I know you spent a few years 
trying to get this one passed. How are things going? And as you point out, this is a serious problem in the marketplace. The art market, there are so many fakes and forgeries, people don't have any idea how much they proliferate in the art market. It's very important to get support. It's very important for the integrity of the market that these opinions be out there. We had support for this legislation from all of the major museums, the auction houses, the Art Dealers Association, International Foundation for Art Research, from many, many different constituents. We had a lot of support, but what we needed, obviously, was support from the legislation. We started this, I think it was four or five years ago, we first introduced it. There was initially pushback from, oddly enough, nobody in the art world, but from the New York Trial Lawyers Association, because they were concerned that this was enabling defendants in a lawsuit to be able to recover attorney's fees. They didn't like that. We negotiated with them. Judith Bressler worked with me extensively on this, and we came back the next year and came up with legislation that they withdrew their objection to. Your passion is clear for these issues as you talk (laughs) about them, Dean. This has been almost a decade now of your time working on legislation to benefit the art community. What's your driver for that? Where does the passion come from? I have been practicing in the art world, in art law, for probably more than 20 years now. I went to art school. I'm a lover of art. I'm involved with art for the aesthetic, for the love of it. And I want to see people protected. I want to see the integrity of the art market protected. And I want to see artists protected. They need protection. I am passionate about it. I love what I do. And I really want to make sure the legislature becomes just as passionate as I am. I am rooting for this legislation to pass. We will continue to talk about it. And please do keep us updated. Dean, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me in to talk. It's been a pleasure discussing this art law topic with you. And to all of our listeners out there, thanks for listening. And if you have any follow-up questions, feel free to reach out.